Welcome to Street Talk Theology with Pastor Dominic Grimaldi. Pastor Dom went from a life of organized crime to federal prison. There God saved him and set him free. Soon after his release, he attended seminary and received his master's degree and is now the senior pastor of Desert Sky Baptist Church, where he serves with a passion for biblical theology right here in Casa Grande. Now let's join our host, Pastor Dominic Grimaldi. Pastor Dominic Grimaldi here with Street Talk Theology. We take theology and we bring it to the streets. Give me a shout out. Pastor Grimaldi at gmail.com. Any theological questions, anything on your mind, um, I'm here. Hopefully and prayerfully I can answer some questions for you. or We can get into some dialogue if you want. That's That's important. It's good to have some good Christian dialogue. I just want to say before we start, this is our sixth season on Street Talk Theology, and we got some beautiful upcoming guests in this season, and I'll go over them in a second. But I do want to uh, thank uh, Pastor Pat uh, and Calvary Chapel and and, and Al for uh, putting us on for another season. They've been so gracious to us. Um, So we're thankful. Thank you, Pastor Pat. Uh, thank you, Calvary Chapel. So we are continuing here with Street Talk Theology. Again, where we take theology and bring it to the streets. Now, we have some uh, uh, some questions and answers coming up. We got the president and founder of the Christian Podcast Community, Andrew Rappaport. You can also hear this show, which is taped and goes on to the Christian Podcast Community. And then we're going to have uh, Pastor Stephen Dew. And he's got some interesting stuff to say here in the sixth season of Street Talk Theology. But right now I wanted to, again, this is my introduction to the sixth season. And and again, what an honor to be here serving the community here in Casa Grande, Arizona. And I always say this, if you're looking for a good, solid, biblical church and you don't have a home church, Check us out, DesertSkyBaptist.org. Our statement of faith is on there, our sermons and things of that nature. So what I want to do is I I was just thinking about what to talk about on the opening show of the sixth season. I just like to open the season with just a a introduction of who we are and maybe just a little uh, theological teaching. And and I was looking at the, uh, the rich man and Lazarus And parables, you got to be really careful with parables. Usually they have just one sting in the tail. I know that uh, some of the uh, men that are a lot more well-versed, a lot more well-versed than myself, would put a lot of allegorical issues on the parables. I don't think that's reading the parables rightly. They are something that you can discuss. I think parables make way of conversation. You know, uh, Jesus came uh, in a time of of conversation where people would talk about things and relate to things. And and uh, parables, for the most part, are examples, uh, most usually not literal, just kind of examples. And, and, and that's how Jesus taught by way of example. And then obviously sometimes he would explain the parable more in debt to the disciples who were his people called to hear, not only to hear, but to understand the word of God. So let's let's look at the rich man in Lazarus. This is an interesting parable. I, I want to try to get at least 
some of the points across here. So now there was a rich man. This is Luke 16, starting in the 19th verse. There was a rich man, and he habitually dressed in purple and fine linen, joyously living in a splendor every day. But a poor man named Lazarus was laid at his gate, covered with sores, and desiring to be fed with the crumbs which were falling from the rich man's table. Besides, even the dogs were coming and licking his sores. Now, now I want you to think about this. And we're going to just kind of look at this, right? We're not going to, let me do less explaining about what I'm talking about and just look at it together. So Lazarus here is kind of the invisible man, right? He's covered with sores, but the rich man is really visible, right? He's clothed in purple. And this purple dye, we know from our New Testament is expensive clothing. It came from snails. It was really expensive. And then again, he ate these fine foods every day in comparison to Lazarus, who just wished he could eat the extinguished crumbs from the rich man's table. So that's the comparison, right? And every day, now here's something you want to think about. Every day, the man would look down at this beggar as the dogs would lick his sores and his boils. In a deeper sense, so to speak, if we may, Lazarus was invisible to the rich man. And, you know, in our society today, we like to sweep things under the rug. We may see things, but we feel uncomfortable with them, whatever they may be. I, I'm just making some points, illustrations here. But in God's eyes, let's just look at it that way. Lazarus was very visible because Lazarus has a name. So again, in the world's eyes, Lazarus would be invisible, especially to the rich man. He'd look down upon him. Rich man was very visible. Money, purple dye, which was very expensive, as we mentioned. Just kind of looking at some things. Let's read a couple of more verses and talk about what death does to the parable, so to speak. Let's start in 22 and 23, a couple of verses. Now, it happened that the poor man died and was carried away by the angels to Abraham's bosom. And the rich man also died and was buried. And in Hades, he lifted up his eyes, being in torment, and saw Abraham far away and Lazarus in his bosom. So, so death, if you want to look at it this way, we're kind of musing along the parable. Death permanently changes everything. Look how matter of fact we're introduced to death in this passage. The poor man died, the rich man died. But what's interesting in the parable is that death is not the end. In fact, there's a reversal of fortune that's worth noting here. Yes, we see Lazarus in the place of blessing at Abraham's bosom and the torment that the rich man encounters. But what's striking in the parable for me is the rich man always looked down on Lazarus as he lay at the gate, but now he's looking up at Lazarus. And that's striking. And again, I don't, we got to be careful not to make parables stand on all fours, but that's a striking, what I call a reversal of fortune. The rich man, clothed in purple, looking down on Lazarus, now death, there's this reversal where the rich man is now looking up at Lazarus. 
we need to hear that, right? We need to hear that. I want to try to go uh, as quickly as I can with this because, I, you know, the, the half hour goes fast and I don't want to be long-winded, so to speak. I, I, I just want to go a half hour here for the opening show of the sixth season. So let's go to 24 through 26, if I may, kind of going through this. The rich man crying out to Father Abraham, verse 24. And he cried out and said, Father Abraham, have mercy on me. Send Lazarus so that he may dip the tip of his finger in water and cool off my tongue. For I am in agony in this flame. But Abraham said, child, remember that during your life you received good things. And likewise, Lazarus, bad things. But now he is being comforted here and you are in agony. And beside all this, between us and you, there's a great chasm fixed so that those who wish to come over here to you are not able and none may cross over from there to us. So think about the rich man. He tries to change his circumstances. You know, when you have money, you're always, you're in a position to change your circumstances, right? But it also shows, I, I know again, I want to be careful with parables, but it shows something that is interesting. And we're just musing on this, right? There's conscience awareness after death. Just think about that, right? And what's interesting here is that he still views Lazarus as some type of inferior. And he asks Abraham to send Lazarus to change his fate by the cool water. And Abraham has this answer about this chasm being fixed. That's a stark answer because now, because of this chasm, there's no more hope. Abraham kind of is the preacher here in love, but he, he's preaching in love, son, but your fate has been determined. What Lazarus was in the old life, you have become. What Lazarus lacked, you now lack. What you did not provide for him, he cannot provide for you. I want to be careful. There are not many hidden meanings in parables. There's what scholars call, again, a sting in the tail. You know, let me think about this. Let, let, me, read, let me read 27 through 28 just for a second. I want to try to get this right. Uh, let me read 27 and 28. And he said, then I'm asking you, Father, that you send him to my father's house. For I have five brothers in order that he may want, warn them so they will not come to this place of torment. Now, we start off thinking we're listening to a story about Lazarus. But when the story is about to finish, we see this thing in the tale. Lazarus and the rich man are a setup. I want you to think about this. This story is about the five brothers. It's not about the afterlife. It's not about the present life. This is not an ethical story about a rich and a poor man or, or speculation on afterlife. It's an eye-opening invitation that resurrection is realized in the here and now. We don't think about the five brothers enough because we're so focused on Lazarus and the rich man. That's okay. I'm not trying to be, you know, that's okay. But we lose the focus of what Jesus is trying to teach. Because sometimes we focus on 
which so visible, or maybe in this case, which is invisible, maybe like we're saying, because remember this virtual reversal of fortune, and, and I don't want to be convoluted here, so let me just read 29 through 31 and see if we can get the sting here, right? I have five brothers. I want to warn them. Send Lazarus to warn them, please, because I don't want them to come to this place of torment. And Abraham said, they have Moses and the prophets. Let them hear them. But he said, no, Father Abraham, if someone goes from, from the dead, they will repent. But he said to them, if they do not listen to the Bible, Moses and the prophets, I'm ad living, they will not be persuaded even if someone rises from the dead. The rich man contends that the gospel is not good enough. If you send someone from the dead, they will repent. But Abraham says something interesting. He says, they have the scriptures. Then the parable states that the resurrection in itself will not bring repentance. But the two words ring clear, repent and rise. Turning to God and not yourself, because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. The Bible says when you acknowledge your need for a savior, then you can know that you have passed from death to life right at that moment. You see, the parable is open-ended. We don't know the fate of the five brothers, but Jesus is putting us in that place. We saw how unresponsive by way of neglect the rich man was. Maybe he was apprehensive, maybe he had peer pressure, but the help is not the point. The response is, that is the question for the five brothers as well for us. How do we respond to the gospel, which includes forgiveness of sins by way of the cross and a resurrected life now and in the future? But do we look down on these things like the rich man? Do we only call on God when we're in trouble like the rich man? It's all about acknowledgement, acknowledging that we are in need of a savior. Your five brothers have the Bible. They have the law and the prophets. They have eventually the gospel. No one is an insider. We all have to repent and turn towards God and not to ourselves, not to our circumstances, not to our money. The Bible says if the spirit of the one who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you, the one who raised Christ from the dead will also make your mortal bodies alive through the spirit who lives in you. It's the gospel. I, I know that the, the rich man and Lazarus are big players. We know that they're important in the narrative, but we forget it's the five brothers who are still living. Remember Lazarus and the rich man are dead. And their fate has been sealed. One in Abraham's bosom. One in, in eternity in hell for eternity. See, the five brothers is the question. The people living right now is the question because we don't know who God's people are. The gospel must be preached rightly. God's people will come in. 
the Bible says Paul plants Apollos waters, but God grants the increase. Well, they need to see a miracle. If they see someone rise from the dead, if they see, no, 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 no. The gospel is living and active. The word of God is living and active and sharper than a two-edged sword, able to cut asunder. If they would hear the gospel, Moses and the prophets point to the gospel. Abraham's, Abraham says, if they do not listen to the Bible, they will not be persuaded, even if someone rises from the dead. You know, I think in all our lives, sometimes that we can read our word and sometimes we just say, man, we at times just wanted to be more alive. And, and, and I'm not against emotion. I'm Italian. I'm an emotional dude. And I, by God's grace, I, you can ask the congregation where I serve. I, I preach with a passion. But at the end of the day, you know what it's going to come down to? You and Jesus. The rich man went to Abraham. A priest is not going to help you. The only one that can help you is the great high priest who makes intercession for you day and night before the throne. You have to acknowledge that. You have to read your word. You have to understand what this Christ did for you, an undeserving sinner that you are, who deserves hell, just like the rich man. You have to realize what this God and Christ did for you. And then you will know that you deserve just what the rich man got. These are hard things in a place where the gospel is being truncated with watered-down ideologies. The gospel is the gospel. If you change the gospel, it's going to have no power, no matter how good it sounds. You can't soft-stroke eternal death or eternal life. Paul says we preach life unto life or death unto death. We don't want to capitulate the gospel. It's too much at stake. Rich man, I, I have money. Maybe I, no, no, it has nothing to do with money. It has nothing to do with poor. It has to do with them five brothers. Will they hear the gospel? Will they repent and believe the gospel? It's an open-ended parable. The question is, will you repent and believe the gospel? That's the sting in the tail. The other stuff is good to talk about. The question is, will you repent and believe the gospel? This is Street Talk Theology, where we take theology and bring it to the streets. In Jesus' name. Thank you for joining us for Street Talk Theology with Pastor Dominic Grimaldi. You can visit Pastor Dom at Desert Sky Baptist Church at 891 West Corson Road, Casa Grande. And for more information, visit us online at www.desertskybaptist.org.